Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from Scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Daniel chapter 2, verses 31 through 49. This is our Friday podcast. Philip, it is great to have you back. We've made two weeks in a row since the holidays. Can you believe it? We are rolling, man. Yes, sir. Great to see you, and I'm excited about this passage. As usual, I had a little pre-podcast powwow with Philip and enjoyed that talk we had about this passage. There's some good things here that Philip's going to share with us today. I'm going to read through this first of all. Just a quick background to the passage. If you've been listening this week, you've heard the background, but just quickly, King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had a vision. A dream has upset him. He has asked his magicians and wise men to interpret the dream, not only interpret the dream, but predict the contents of the dream. He wasn't going to tell them what the dream was about. So they had to predict the contents of the dream and interpret it. They could not do that. Nebuchadnezzar was going to vow to kill them and their household if they couldn't do it. Daniel, the man of God, steps forward, and Daniel is the one that's going to interpret the dream. So we're going to pick up with Daniel's interpretation uh, to the dream here in verse 31 through 49. You saw a king, and behold, a great image. This image, mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. And the head of this image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked, the stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings, to whom God, the God of heavens, has given the kingdom, the power, and the might, and the glory, and to whose hand he has given wherever they dwell, the children of man, the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heaven, making you rule over them all. You are the head of gold. Another kingdom inferior to you shall rise after you, and yet a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And there should be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And like iron that crushes, it shall break and crush all these. And as you saw, the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it should be a divided kingdom, but some of the firmness of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with the soft clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom should be partly strong and partly brittle. As you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, so they will mix with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that of a, that a stone was cut from the mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, and the silver, and the gold, A great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel. and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. And the king answered and said to Daniel, Truly your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, 
for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole of the province of Babylon and the chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel made a request to the king and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained at the king's court. Now, Daniel, people get really spun up about these kingdoms and the identity of the kingdoms and trying to figure all that out. But maybe they're missing the point. What do you think about that? Well, I know that a lot of the studies that I ever got involved in, uh, most of the time was spent on trying to talk about the who are the four kingdoms, uh, which, in my opinion, misses the point. I don't think Daniel was concerned one bit about who the four kingdoms were. Now, maybe Nebuchadnezzar was, but I don't, I don't think Daniel was, because there are actually five kingdoms, not four. There are four in the statue, but there are five kingdoms in the story. And as I mentioned to you earlier, the, the way I look at this is, is that it's a calendar. And uh, it's going to begin with the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar, but it's going to end with the kingdom of God. So what you have is a countdown. You're going to count down through four things to get to the fifth. And the first four are only pages in the calendar to get you to the beginning of what's fixing to happen. It's like maybe you're counting out the last five days of the year. Your goal is, is not the four days of the end of the year, but the first day of the new year. It's the new year you're wanting to get to. And so you have to get through those four days. And so you recognize them, you know, you can say this is Monday, this is Tuesday, this is Thursday. But we don't care because what we're looking for is the new year. And I, I think that'd be real meaningful to many people today because we just went through a year that none of us really cared a lot for. And so when the countdown began, if we wanted to look at the calendar in this way, when we started counting down those last days, we weren't thinking so much about those four days, the last four days, as we were about the fifth day that was coming, which would be the new year. And that's what Daniel's doing here. He's not worried about whether or not we're talking about Babylon, Medio Persians, Greeks, Romans, which kings it are. He only cares about the kingdom that God's going to set up because that's the only kingdom that matters. And uh, we, we probably would be better off if we spent more time focusing on the, on the last kingdom in this story and not the first four. The significant event, and it, you can see this if you just read carefully the way Daniel does this. When you stop and think about how much time we spend on the four kingdoms, look at how much time Daniel spends. There'll be gold, there'll be silver, there'll be bronze, there'll be, that's it. And then what? Then, a, then you saw a stone. Whoa. Complete change of ideas. You're seeing this statue, but then here's a stone, not an ordinary stone, because it's one that's been cut out by God. It's a godly stone. And what does it do? This is what the whole dream is about. It destroys the statue. It wipes out the past. It gets rid of the days of the calendar up until the day. 
And then what happens? This stone mushrooms. Starts off as a little rock and it winds up being a mountain. And it's the mountain of the Lord's house. And then Daniel tells us where uh, Daniel, Daniel tells us what this was. He said, In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. What's he talking about? He says it's going to break. It's going to break the other kingdoms up. Well, what broke the other kingdoms up? The stone. So what is the stone? The stone is the kingdom of God. And it begins small, but how does it end up? It ends up being a mountain, the mountain of the Lord's house. And, uh, and so here you have all these, the Jews are like, when is this going to happen? When is God going to set up his kingdom? When is God going to restore Israel? When is the Messiah coming who will bring us back and restore us? And uh, this is a big question I have. Well, Daniel's answering the question. He says it'll happen in the it'll happen at the time of the fourth kingdom. And when it does happen, it's going to wipe it, all of that out. The Jews miss that, and a lot of people today miss that because they still think there are a lot of people who believe that when Jesus came, he didn't start the kingdom, that he postponed it, he set it off and decided to do it some other time. And in that case, uh, God's not very good at making calendars. But um, I disagree. I believe that God is good at making calendars. He told King Nebuchadnezzar, this will happen, this happen, this happen, this happen, and then I'm going to set up my kingdom. And it's going to destroy all the other kingdoms. It's going to be the only kingdom that really makes any difference one way or another. And so here is a Gentile receiving the answer to the Jews' question. When's the kingdom coming? When's the kingdom of God coming? The Jews want to know. The Gentiles didn't want to know. But they're told. Because God intended for the Gentiles to be a part of the, be a part of the new uh, kingdom. And uh, so he said, you, you saw that the stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand. And it broke into pieces. All the other kingdoms. In fact... They were so ground into pieces that they became like dust, like the chaff in a wheat harvest, and they just disappeared. And all that you're left with is this mountain of the Lord's house. That's all that you're left with. So uh, the whole point of this passage, I think, that we really need to talk about is the stone. It's the stone. It's Jesus is the cornerstone. That was a stone that got cut out of the mountain that came and took over the whole world and destroyed the kingdoms of men and established the kingdom of God. And it just bothers me that there are people who read this to say, no, Jesus is coming back to set up a kingdom in Jerusalem and he's going to rule on the earth again. Well, that's not what this passage teaches. It's not teaching that the kingdoms of men are going to disappear. All that's left is the kingdom of God. And uh, when you get into the New Testament, you have all these things like Peter says, we're being made a temple, like lively stones. We're, 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 we're part of the temple, part of this kingdom that's being built up. And uh, Peter is a stone. 
And uh, Jesus is the cornerstone that's rejected. You have the same terminology all through the New Testament. And uh, what we ought to see in this passage in Daniel is uh, the kingdom of God is coming in the personage of Jesus during the time of Rome. Yeah. And that's all that matters. I think that that's an important point. I guess I should take a breath. Sorry. No, man, I, I, I love how you said this is like a calendar that's ticking off to what really matters. And we don't want to get bogged down into the gold and the silver and the bronze and the iron. Those are just ticking us off to the stone. And what's interesting about the stone, uh, you know, if you th think, okay, Babylon, Persia and the Medes would be that, that second kingdom. Greece would be the third kingdom. Rome's that fourth and final kingdom where now the true kingdom comes. The kingdom of Christ comes. And so the, the neat thing about the kingdom of Christ is this rock, this small rock that's cut out, like you said, with no human hands. It's all done by God. And that rock would be insignificant at first. No one would take notice of this rock. But that rock is going to grow and fill the entire earth. And I can't help but think of Jesus. And, and you think of a mustard seed. You plant it in the ground. It becomes a, large, a larger tree uh, that grows with branches. And so this... Uh, leaven that will get into the lump this kingdom movement will look like nothing uh, so i can't help but think you know in these little outposts of the roman empire and these little cities well not really little little cities but these little churches will get planted and eventually uh, the gospel will go into a lot of the known world at that time so you're going to have this outworking of, of god's the spiritual kingdom of christ and, and it's going to be the one that lasts forever and i think people today that are shook up right now, and, and rightfully so, we should be shook up a little bit. We see sinful and horrible things going on in our country, but I do think people's foundations are wrong. You know, if you put your foundation and your roots in the kingdoms of this world, they're going to come tumbling down like that statue. You know, they've got the brittle feet of clay, but we, be we belong to an unshakable, everlasting kingdom, and that's where we've got to put our faith and trust, and I think if people miss that, they're going to miss the message of Daniel, too. You know, Daniel's making the point that there is this everlasting kingdom, this spiritual kingdom that Jesus talks about to Pilate that's not of this world. Uh, and that's really what's most important. And so I think what you I love how you said there's five kingdoms, but so many people mess up. And go, there's four kingdoms. I'm like, no, there's five. And the most important kingdom is that fifth one, that rock that becomes a mountain. I think that's awesome how you laid that out. There are five kingdoms in the story. There are only four kingdoms in the statue. Right. The statue but the statue is not the whole story. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the whole story involves a stone. And uh, for us, we could care less about Nebuchadnezzar and the Medes and the Persians and, and the big argument with Alexander and his four generals and, and all the kings of, of Rome. Who cares? Because they're all gone. But the kingdom of the stone is still here. So what, what you're saying, Philip, I shouldn't be as concerned about news from Wall Street or Washington or places like that. I should be more concerned about the news coming from the kingdom of Christ, that it's unshakable. And we have a king that's the greatest kingdom, the greatest king we could possibly have, that we can put our faith and trust in, in his rule and not the, the kingdoms of this world that are going to let us down. Well, you know, that's one of those sort of difficult questions for me. I, I think, yes, we have an obligation and responsibility to our fellow man and, and to, our, to our nation. 
No, it's not the important, the most important thing. Right. And uh, if I if I put all my weight on that stick, it's going to fall. Right. Uh, there's no guarantee that the United States is going to last 300 years. That's a that's a long time for any kingdom in history. 300 years is that's a long time. And I'm not saying that the United States is going away, but if it does, it won't change eternity. No. And, uh, you know, if I wind up being under some other power on this earth, that won't change anything either. Right. Because uh, like Abraham, my home can't be here. It's exactly the place and Daniel. Well, well, I love my country. I love the I love the city of God more. Right. And I want I want my citizenship to be there more than I want it to be than I want it to be here. Do I care about what's happening? Yes, I do. Yeah. Very much. It's hard not to. But it isn't the total. It isn't the sum total. So you can worry about the four kingdoms and you can you can talk about all you can spend days talking about all the different parts of these four kingdoms. But in the end, they're not the main thing. Yeah. You're missing the point of the story if you make that the main thing. Absolutely. You spend all your time on those four kingdoms and miss the stone. You miss the story. And I, that's true. If you spend all your time worried about America or the United States or England or wherever, and you miss out on the kingdom of God, it'll still be here when America's gone. Amen. It's here before and America existed. and Russia and all the rest of them. Yeah. There, yeah. And, and I think that's, and I think what you said and is really important. And maybe, maybe I can phrase this properly. The more we grasp the kingdom of God and the more we're rooted in that, the better citizens we're going to be as Americans. But if we see ourselves primarily as American citizens and not members of God's kingdom, that's when we have trouble. That's when you're going to have a little bit of a rub. And the, these things that happen that perplex us a little bit are going to rob you of your joy. And they're going to really crush your spirit in a lot of ways. But I agree with you. We should be concerned about our countrymen. And the Apostle Paul was concerned for his countrymen, the Jews. He even brought that out, that he cared greatly for his countrymen. And he's a guy that totally understood the kingdom. But um. I think today was 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 very timely and very powerful what you're saying. And, and if you're listening today, Philip did a really good job of taking a very difficult passage and getting to the root of what it's all about. Because you might have heard this passage a million times. I don't know your background. But many times what how I've heard this is we have got so spun up in those kingdoms of the statue and we miss the main idea that's the stone that's going to grow into the mountain. That's the kingdom of Christ that we belong to. That's the unshakable kingdom. And that's what we need to focus on. And that's, I think, what Daniel, well, I think we can say we know that's what Daniel's trying to get us to look at and understand. Just like this pagan king is getting taught this truth, we need to hear this truth too. And Philip, I want to thank you for this today. This was excellent. Excellent insight on a very difficult passage. Well, I enjoyed talking about it, and I enjoyed talking about what I think is the real message and not get all tangled up in which kingdom is which and, and uh, all of that. The kingdom of God is here. 
and it needs our allegiance to it. And it's all that really, really matters. Amen. Amen. Well, Philip, I appreciate you, brother. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Oh, thank you, Will. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm, 50, I'm, I'm 40% safe from COVID now. Yeah, Philip's partly vaccinated and not glowing in the dark. So that's good news. <laughs> not yet, but I hadn't turned out the lights. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing He's doing well. Uh, they're going to keep the lights on. You got that vaccine. <laughs> Looking forward to the day that uh, everybody gets the vaccine and we, we feel better, but or, or we're not as having to be as concerned about this scourge that's going on right now. But uh, Philip, thank you, sir. You have a great weekend. I will see you back. Good Lord willing next Friday. Okay. All right, friend. Thank you listeners for tuning in and uh, join us on Monday. We come back with another Psalm. So uh, the 23rd Psalm, Philip, it's a good one on Monday. Yeah, well. that is a good one. Can't go wrong with that. Can't go wrong. God bless you, brother. Yeah.